0: If we're going to have any level of openness in our relationship, it's not coming from a place of desperation or obligation. It's coming from a place of desire and appreciation that is serving the highest good of the entity of our relationship.
1: Welcome back to Open Late Lovers. I am your host, Jessica Espandiari, and this is a Soul Fire production Today, I am super stoked because I have with me a male guest, finally, (laughs) the guest that you've all been waiting for. But more than that, he is unapologetically the conscious bro on Instagram, silly and sincere as fuck. Jordan Bowditch fancies himself the bridge between the esoteric and the generic, inspiring higher truths through humor and radical authenticity. He's immense performance and relationship coach, conscious comedian, certified space holder, biohacker, world-class MC, and professional edutainer. This guy loves a good play on words. Jordan facilitates elevated connection by creating safe spaces to not play it safe, integrating bioenergetics, interpersonal polarity, sexuality, and social magnetism into his work and play. He is also the lovely husband of Alexa Bownage, that sex chick who I had the pleasure of joining her show last month. And I just can't wait to dive into this conversation because I have a feeling you're going to make me laugh a ton. And I know my listeners love that as well. So Jordan, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having me. That's a lot of pressure. And I want you to know that I will deliver on making you laugh.
1: Okay, I can't wait. Um, it's always good to laugh early in the morning since we're recording this. Uh, Agreed. L.A. style, 9.30 a.m. Um, how So how did you become all of these things? Most importantly, Conscious Bro. Uh-huh. I'm like, that feels like it fits you, kind of just looking at you this morning. And <laughs> you're like tank, tank top. <laughs> top. <Yeah. laughs> looking like you just stepped out of a rave, kind of, with the purple
0: headphones. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Um, I think it's somewhat of the classic nature nurture. It's certainly in my nature and it's been nurtured and I've consciously nurtured it to some degree for sure. Um, a few key components, I guess you could say to the conscious broski, uh, personality and persona. Yeah. I moved a lot, moved around a lot growing up, lived with different family members, with friends and it had its challenges certainly. But I think one of the gifts was that, adaptability. I was exposed to many cultures, many, I say, you know, many cultures within America, at least like a few different distinct ones, I guess you could say. And maybe fast forwarding through some of that. I also actually, my grandparents were pastors of a charismatic church growing up. Uh, I didn't grow up in the church per se, but I had some seasons where I was there quite a bit and pretty involved. And so definitely very influenced by that. Um, My dad is a Christian evangelist, which if you don't know what that is, an evangelist in a Christian setting specifically is somebody whose mission it is to spread the word of Jesus Christ and to save people and to convert them into believers. I'm using some of that that language that some people will definitely recognize here. And so I think that I have some of that that charismatic evangelist um, pastor energy in me, I suppose. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's part of the recipe. Yep. That's one of the ingredients. Uh, And then I think where a lot of the bro comes into play is I'm a sucker for bro time. I love hanging out with the bros, uh, cracking a couple crispy boys, saying some politically incorrect shit, but then also being conscious and aware around all of it and and injecting, having the playfulness and some of the redeeming qualities, you might say, of bro culture, uh, but being a good person, trying to be a good man. Um, mm. and some of that was definitely came through in my fraternity experience. So I went to San Diego state for college and I was a Sigma Chi there and I was heavily involved in my fraternity. And that's a strong part of the culture at San Diego state. And there's, the stereotypes and stigmas for a reason, you know, like you can guess. And, um, a lot of the unsung hero around that was all the amazing life lessons I learned. Certainly the more practical, tactical, you could say business stuff of managing a legit organization with many hundred thousand dollar budget per year, hundreds of guys, um, you know, 18 to 22 year olds that are unruly motherfuckers just coming out of yeah. high school um, and ritual. Uh, we had incredible ritual there and brotherhood, rite of passages, initiation ceremonies and experiences. And so a lot of it was definitely influenced by that. And maybe the, the last significant piece for now, I also worked with a brand Bulletproof for many years. Uh, oh, a lot of people are probably cool. familiar with Bulletproof yeah. Coffee. Yeah, huge in Southern California. And so I was one of the early startup employees with them and was with them for almost seven years. And so I was the national educator. I called myself the chief Bulletproof bro, very much an evangelist for that brand and that movement. And was exposed to so many amazing personal development retreats, people, experiences, got to bounce around the country and go to a bunch of things, being the chief bulletproof bro. Uh, And then, yeah. And then from there, this idea of conscious bro very like specifically and vividly came up and was like, oh yeah, that's, I want to commit to that as like my playful persona.
1: Yeah that feels like me is where you landed. (laughs) This is so beautiful. First of all, thank you for sharing. And I think like what I'm hearing is, you know, you really allowed yourself to be molded, but also be sort of guided by who you are. Because I think many people who grow up in maybe your environment could have just you know, leaning into either the the church or, you know, the, the frat boy culture, you can sort of get stuck and allow yourself to be like fully absorbed in that kind of culture and not really just take the best and the beautiful of those things and keep moving forward and evolving as your own man, which is what it sounds like you really did. I like whenever I hear about Greek life, I'm like, tell me a story because I didn't. I was not in a sorority. I went to Temple University, which is like a city school. It's like a big state school in Pennsylvania. And, um, you know, you like live in the inner city. There's not a lot of Greek life at all. It's very much like a business school. So, you know, part of me always wants to know what really like goes down.
0: I could tell you, but as it goes, I'd have to kill you. Secrecy. Yeah, yeah, that's how it goes. I'll tell you some shit if it comes up. And I will say that a sorority experience is notably different than a fraternity experience. Mm. Generally speaking, I think it has, there's some similarities, but nonetheless.
1: Okay. Well, let's, let's jump into how you sort of, you know, took all of this and became the conscious bro. And then when, so when you left Bulletproof and you decided like, okay, this is something I'm going to commit to. This is how I want to uh, move through my life. What was sort of the next step for you? Because now you're, you know, facilitating. Uh, coaching programs for men and you have different groups and um, you're obviously a part of, you know, Sex and Love Co. now. So where did you move to next and how did you become, you know, this version of yourself?
0: Yeah. So my last, I don't know, three to four or so years with Bulletproof, I started to, you could say, gain some confidence around my ability to lead. And I was naturally, coaching informally a lot of my friends and people I, from my past and like high school and college, and people were just coming to me seeking some counsel or just somebody to talk to, to share things with. And so organically, I started to do a little bit of the coaching and retreats and men's groups and things on the side. And I was just Student of it big time, doing a lot of immersive trainings and experiences, uh, Tantra energetics, bioenergetics. And so I was dabbling in these certain areas. And one step along the journey, me, my older brother, and my best friend developed a conscious boy brand, as I like to call it, uh, called the Mystic Misfits. And so the three of us, we would, we hosted retreats, we did immersions, we and we had a very playful, unique, distinct style where, like, part of it, we would do freestyle rapping at some of these retreats and we would have people express in that way, which is one of the uh, unsung heroes, once again, around personal development. I think it's one of the most potent personal development challenging practices that somebody can do that ability to improv in the moment and to get fun, comfortable. Um, you know, trying to rhyme and rap and sing, and just music is so beautiful and it brings people together. You just said
1: fun, comfortable. Wait, I'm so sorry. I have to stop you. I've never heard <laughs> fun, comfortable before. Mm-hmm. What? Okay, my mind is blown. That's my new favorite word.
0: When people hear that, that's that's a common one. So feel free. I did not make it up. I've kind of become known for it a little bit in my circle, but it's one that I heard and I was like, oh shit, that's great. Uh, another one you might like is fun conditional. Mm. So talking about unconditional love, how about fun conditional love?
1: Yes. Okay. Fun conditional this is like connection. a masterclass on <laughs> <laughs> reframes. Like these are the best reframes I've ever heard. Okay. So sorry, I interrupted you, but um, getting people to freestyle, you think is one, this is where we were, one of the most valuable ways to get fun comfortable in a kind Absolutely. of personal development setting. I couldn't agree more actually.
0: Mm -hmm. And so we in this mystic misfit season, as we're doing these unconventional approaches to personal development and masculinity and our our brand, which was very playful and and all that kind of stuff, I started to gain confidence in my ability to do this kind of thing, but with a unique spin on it all. And so in my last couple of years at Bulletproof, I met Alexa. And that whole love story is beautiful. Maybe we'll reserve that for another time or if it organically comes up.
1: Uh, Let's do it.
0: Okay. Since you asked, I opened the door there. So we, it's a really cool story. I'm very proud of it, actually. Uh, We met on Facebook. I Ooh. Yep. Mm -hmm.
1: That still happens.
0: I know. Well, this is
1: what? Four years ago? This would have been
0: about a little over four years ago. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: So yeah, Facebook was a bit more involved back then, but any hoozle. I if I know myself, like I think I know myself, because I don't remember exactly how the first part went down, but I'm I'm pretty sure it went a little something like this: uh, suggested friends on Facebook, you know that whole thing, mutual yeah. friends, uh, hot tatted up chick talking about sex, add friend,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> and so for probably six to twelve months, I was lightly creeping from afar, mm-hmm. liking a post here and there, like a very playful, subtle comment. And then one fateful day as it goes, the stars aligned where I was coming out of a heartbreak experience. uh, And I was kind of, I was on the tail end of my conscious fuck boy, like kind of season, if you will.
1: (laughs) This is Uh, too good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Where, you know, I had really gotten into personal development and Mm -hmm. I had learned, you could say the game of authenticity, like true grounded authenticity combined with, yeah, the game of dating and getting in. Mm-hmm. I had been a student of just getting people to like me my whole life and being a diplomat of sorts and something I very much pride myself in. And there's a shadow to that, like sort of an mm-hmm. addiction to being seen and liked. And I'd rather be loved by few than liked by many. And that's been a lesson I continue to learn. But in any case, with with Lex, I was having this heartbreak experience and she was simultaneously having hers. And we were both very public about it, doing Facebook Lives, sharing our experiences. And we were seeing each other from afar. We didn't have any direct connection yet, but sharing this experience. And I'll never forget, she was doing one of these Facebook Lives. And there were so many little synchronistic breadcrumbs in place for me to even watch this. Uh, But she was sharing and tears are streaming down her face. But she's so fucking cool, calm, and collected and eloquently expressing herself in the midst of this heartbreak. You know, not like ugly crying sob, Like <laughs> it was just like, just straight power. And I was captivated wow. by her. Mm. And so I sent her a voice note on Facebook right after that, telling her that. And I started the voice note, here's probably the best part, with a freestyle rap to bring it full <laughs> circle a little bit. Where, and it, it's funny, she it's played so it for her bachelorette party last year. <laughs> And I hadn't heard it in a long time. She brings it back every once in a while. And it goes a little something like this the first few seconds. Hey, Alexa, I'm about to flex for you. I want to stand next to you. And I hear that. And as I repeat it, a part of me cringes. I'm like, oh, my God, bro. Like, looking at that previous version of myself, you dork. And the bigger part of myself is like, good on you, bro. Well done. Hell
1: yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, and how smooth you had already laid a foundation on Facebook liking and, you know, just like creeping for a little bit, like a post here and there. So when you hit her with the freestyle rap, she's like, oh, I she, I know this guy kind of, there's like uh-huh. a level of like comfortability already mm-hmm. built in. So it's not that outlandish, you know? Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's so cool.
0: And then just to fast track the rest of it. Yeah. I followed up the freestyle with just an authentic, you seem awesome. I would love to get to know you. And we got on a FaceTime date. Uh, I don't know, maybe the next week. And I, I felt, and I fancy myself somebody who has their feet on the ground and head in the clouds. I like to follow the fast moving energy and, and take inspired action, but not get lost in the, the mania that can be a part of you know everything that's shiny as gold. Mm. Continue to learn that lesson in my life. And so I was following that fast moving energy and I felt like I was falling in love with her, like instantly. And it was very profound and palpable. And so a few FaceTime dates later, I was like, I'm coming to see you. So she lived in New Orleans and I was living in San Diego. So, you know, we're across the country from one another. And so I made a, a bulletproof trip out of it. New Orleans, one of my territories, which, yes, kind of, but New Orleans is like not a place I would normally go to. <laughs> right. It's a fairly small market. But my lady was my excuse to do so and so flew out there and we had this magical weekend that was also a little crunchy and awkward um, maybe we can re- bookmark that and revisit why but at the end of it uh, I told her I loved her and and I'll maybe I'll just double click on that really quick cuz it's a good part of it
1: yeah I as i was leaving
0: to. i told her we're literally in the airport parking lot and I, I was just you know had all the feels and so i told her i was like look there's one last thing i have to say and just, I would be really remiss if I bypassed what I'm really experiencing. And so I want you to know before I say it, I have no expectation, no demand for reciprocity, so to speak. This is just my experience that I want to share with you. And no sooner do I finish this like preamble babble, she says, I love you too. And we kiss and hug and make love right there in the parking lot. No, I'm kidding. We didn't make love, but we energetically did. And, yeah. and that was, you know, the rest is history as they say.
1: Wow. That's unbelievable. Um, thank you so much for, for gracing us with this beautiful <laughs> story and what a, a huge commitment to authenticity and the vulnerability it takes to share that after spending three days with someone for the yeah. first time ever. It's, you know, it's on, on one hand, it's very mind blowing But on the other, I almost feel like, you know, when when you're this type of person who lives your life very publicly and both of you are doing that, you really do get to know each other Mm -hmm. sort of from afar. Like you said, you'd been watching and experiencing her and um, you're obviously meant for each other. You're each other's person. So I actually don't think it's that crazy that you would already be falling and already be feeling that connection to her. You know, via a Facebook post, you know, a month or a couple of weeks earlier, because Alexa is so authentic. She is like what you see is what you get, and that's how you know. In the short time that I've been following her, like what I understand. So now I feel like I want to go back into the archives and and check out you know what she was up two years ago. But I think that for the majority of us who live these public sort of lifestyles, for me it's it's newer. It's only the last six months, but people feel like they know me. And I feel yeah. like I know people that I follow and people write into me and tell me like, "I, you're like, you feel like a close friend to me when I listen to your podcast. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're giving me advice directly. And it's because that's what I try to communicate and well, not even try. It's like, I want my community to feel that way because this is how I would talk to my close friends. And I've been for years, which is why I guess I decided to go public with it. But as I'm Mm -hmm. reflecting, it just, it makes so much sense that you would feel connected to her from afar because she is your person. So then when you meet, it's like you guys have been moving towards each other your whole lives, right?
0: Mm -hmm. I knew that was my conscious queen babe ski right from the start.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, okay. So since we sort of got here with Alexa, I I would love to you know, dive into some some of the things that I know my listeners are really interested in um, and really why I was like, oh my God, we got to get Jordan on the show because similarly to my husband and I, you know, we, we committed very early on. We wanted to design our own relationship. Um, we knew we wanted to be married, but we knew that we didn't want it to look like what marriage is or what we grew up seeing and thinking and what society sort of dictates. And and that's what you guys are up to. You've been married almost a year now or-
0: Almost six months, not quite six months. Oh,
1: so it's Mm -hmm. still really fresh. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the time that you were dating, I know that you guys have been monogamish relatively. And Mm -hmm. so let's talk about that because that's why people are here listening to Open Late and to have your perspective, I think is going to be so valuable. Um, I've only been able to share mine, which, you know, just for- anybody listening, if this is your first time listening to the show, Pasha and I have been married for about seven and a half years and we've been open. Well, we've been some variation of open for the majority of that time. We had our first very accidental threesome before we were married and that continued with playing with, you know, new friends with each other present. After a few years of that, we comfortably opened into separate play. And about five years in, we met another love of our lives, Lauren, who's now, you know, been a part of our lives for three years um, as a full on, you know, third partner. And and that's transitioned to be mostly with me at this point. They have a beautiful friendship and they're romantic at times. um, But Lauren and I have continued our, you know, sort of Relationship style. So it's, you know, everything's in flow and in flux. But if you're new to open late, um, that's what I talk about and what I share. And I'm so excited, Jordan, for you to maybe talk about. We can start with how did you guys have this conversation at first? And obviously, Lex is that sex chick. So mm-hmm. it probably started there. But, you know, what was the beginning of realizing that you guys wanted something different and non conventional? And what were those conversations like?
0: Yeah. So, We had them right away, essentially. Uh, I have this philosophy where it's like, if you can ruin it, good. If it's possible to ruin something within reason, assuming that you're a fairly reasonable, rational, mature human being, then good. But hiding or, or being afraid to have those challenging, uncomfortable, awkward conversations, it's just never served my highest purpose. And so we both going into this relationship, we're like, we're gonna, this is by design. We're gonna create this by design. We're gonna have those challenging conversations early and often. And so this was one of them. And for me, I had never been in any sort of open relationship, any element of openness. And somewhat of the classic influences, traditional values, again, Christianity and some of those things growing up. um, The idea of it was just like, well, I'll say the idea of it was intriguing, <laughs> like obviously. <laughs> yeah. I think my judgment is that for men in particular, the idea of an open relationship is like, wow, oh my goodness, yes. And so I recognize that part of myself that is, I would say a little immature in that regard. And the more mature grounded part of myself is intrigued by, can this be something that can be really healthy, healing and enhance our, our connection and relationship? Is that possible? And my glamorized ideal version of it is yes, I think it can be. That being said, we have been very aware around making sure that it is coming from that place. If we're going to have any level of openness in our relationship, it's not coming from a place of desperation or obligation. It's coming from Mm -hmm. a place of desire and appreciation that is serving the highest good of our the entity of our relationship. Because we mm-hmm. have a determined, established, committed to the long haul of spending our lives together and mm-hmm. raising kids and all those kinds of things. And anything that's going to compromise that is not worth the short-term um, climax, if you will, <laughs> literally yeah. and metaphorically. And so we've taken it very slow and, and that's been great. And sort of similar to you, we, we've had a few threesome experiences. And all of them essentially have been organic, where it's just, mm-hmm. it's come up. Uh, and we had already had those conversations of, around we are open to another woman if it feels aligned, being in our dynamic for a night. And those have all been great experiences. And you know, I'll share one of them specifically. This was about a year and a half ago. We met someone at um, Lollapalooza in Chicago, the festival, the mm-hmm. music festival. It was just Lex and I there, and we were having just a great time, the two of us. And as the evening started to arrive, because we just went for one day, hot minute, we said, you know what? It was this really beautiful, both of us just brought it up. It was like we both thought about it, felt it, shared it. Like, are we open to playing with someone tonight? Like, do you want to? Like, at the very least, let's find a squad to hang out with and just have fun tonight. And are we, like, open to maybe, like, having a little something-something? And we were both, Mm -hmm. like, fuck yeah. Like, we're open to that. A (laughs) little extracurricular activity. Exactly. And it was just this very fun, playful overflowing of, like, yeah, we're open to that. Not attached to it, but open. And within… I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, it just started to pre- present itself and unfold in this mm-hmm. beautiful, again, kind of synchronistic way. And we got connected with this group, started just jamming out, vibing with them, watching a show. And there is this beautiful kindergarten teacher. I won't give any way more than that, but just a little fun nugget there. Yeah. Uh, and she, without us saying anything, and there was, there was no perceivable... Promotion, you could say, of us that were open or any of that stuff. You
1: didn't have the sign that said looking for threesome tonight.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Not like we were bringing it up in the conversation after having just met these people, but she randomly asked Lex the question, Are y'all open? And, And it just flowed from there. And we ended up having a beautiful night together. And it was also, it wasn't all rainbows and butterflies. It was a little, clunky and awkward because we kind of chase the high late into the night. And as that goes, mm-hmm. sometimes it's just the energy yeah. has sort of passed, but we're, we're not ready to let it go. So we're still, we're going there.
1: Oh yeah. Um, I've been there.
0: We all have, right? It happens to the best of us. Yeah. And, and one little piece that I'll share specifically around this is we went into that night with the agreement that we're not going to, I am not going to penetrate the woman. Like mm-hmm. if, if this happens, I'm not going to have, P and the V, penetrative sex.
1: Right. Okay.
0: And I think this is an important thing to underscore here. As we got into the experience, you know, things are hot and heavy. The energy's high. Uh, the opportunity was like there, presented itself. Mm-hmm. And Lex was open to me penetrating her. And I held the firm boundary of no, which is not okay. an easy thing for me to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... Yeah. So anyway, all that to say, I think it's so important to not get wrapped up in the heat of the moment. And I was very aware and trust me, my, again, you could say conscious fuck boy, part of myself was like, I would love to fuck this beautiful woman. Like this is as good as it gets. Let's go. You know. Um, But the higher part of myself was like, no, 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 no. It's it's not worth it. This temporary um, gratification is not worth what could happen. It's not to say anything would have happened, but that was part of me just being committed to and part of my growth and our path of we're in no rush. We have our entire lives to have these kinds of experiences if we want. And it's it's not worth um, compromising that.
1: Got it. What sort of had you decide that beforehand and set up that boundary for yourself? Had it never happened before, would this have been the first time?
0: Correct. Yep. And okay. it still has not happened.
1: Okay. So that's been your boundary.
0: That has so far. Yeah. And that's always an open conversation. And and for us, that's monogamish. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. monogamish is in the eye of the beholder, you could say, because that can mean a lot Mm -hmm. of different things. And it can be really open and flowy, or it can have very specific boundaries and things that are renegotiated and reassessed over time. And that's very much where we're at. But we have these handful of things like, oh, this is where we're at with this. Um, But I think for me the greatest gift in monogamish has been we can have any conversation and in previous relationships that was not the case uh, mm-hmm. i lived in so much i lived in fear of even having platonic relationships with a woman i was attracted to and it wasn't even necessarily my partner's fault you know it wasn't like they were pushing that energy on me it was just my own insecurities of like I, can't, I feel like I couldn't trust myself to be friends with a woman that I was attracted to. And so that's right. been a huge healing growth opportunity for me in the relationship with Alexa. It's was like, that's okay. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a man and I could be attracted to a beautiful woman and still be friends with her, even have some level of sensual exchange. Uh, that's been beautiful.
1: That's incredible. Well, thank you for sharing because I think that's one of the most and you said, I'm a man and I can be attracted. And it's like, you're also human. Yeah, We have these biological responses that we literally can't control, right? The physiology in your body does what it does. If you're attracted to someone, you're going to have a response. You know, it doesn't matter if you identify as a man, woman, whatever, anything in between. And I think that the majority of people who, you know, are trying to fit into a, a monogamous box end up denying this biology for most of their lives you know if they're in committed relationships and i've said this before but imagine like what that does to your personal integrity to just be continually like denying yourself and like eroding that which is your basic human nature and i just can't fathom living a life where like you said you not only you know you're you're living in fear because you can't trust yourself but that breeds shame, that breeds like all sorts of, you know, things about the self. And, you know, then with your partner, it's like, how could you really be authentic if you can't even say that guy's hot, you know, like,
0: absolutely. it's,
1: it's, it's so, it's so interesting. Once you're sort of on this side of things, not that there are sides, but, you know, once you have a perspective shift, looking back, I was similar to you. I, I had like an instance in college where I felt like I was emotionally cheating because I was spending a lot of time with this guy that I was attracted to, of course, and nothing physical ever happened, but I was like, oh, I can't do that ever again, Mm -hmm. you know? And that girl just, she just didn't know any better. It was just denying, you know, myself a beautiful platonic relationship. Um, And then I didn't eventually. And then I felt guilty for it, which was crazy because I wasn't doing anything wrong Um, but wow, you're really strong (laughs) for holding that boundary because, um, especially hearing you say, you know, if we can backtrack, like Lex was into it, she would have been like, okay, we can, you know, we can renegotiate this boundary in the moment. But I think it's, it's really amazing. And it shows your commitment to your own growth, but also what I love and what I, I want people to sort of take away is what's the rush. You guys are going to be together, you know, for the rest of your lives and you making these choices to go really slow and to realize that this is such a journey. Like the threesome is hopefully not ever going to be the end destination. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of listeners who are like, how do I start out? How do we try this out? I don't want to fuck it up. Um, go slow because this can develop over time beautifully. And they're always like, well, Jessica, you, you sound like you have it all figured out. This is eight years yeah. in right in the beginning we did a lot of this like let's just like make out right and then you know we'll stop there and you can you can go very slowly and explore because when you just go right to the finish line you miss so much of the beauty and so much of the excitement it's like um that beginning time of falling in love like you never get that back so it's really fun to experience that with other people whether it's just physical or you know, also it can be emotional to just relax. Like there is no, there is no rush. And, um, I'm interested to ask if you guys, well, I'm sure you do what your other sort of boundaries or agreements are now that you're, you know, in this relationship by design and you're, you know, identifying monogamish if, you know, I don't love the labels, but I think sometimes they're, um, they're great and they can be empowering and they can sort of help you create your context. Um, so what are your other agreements, boundaries? Um, what else has come up in this journey?
0: So a couple of things that come to mind, it, it's ever evolving and changing and there's seasons. And I know when you were on Lex's podcast, she talked about this a little bit, but I'll give it from my perspective. So last summer, I guess it was, we there was kind of a we were having these conversations and I was touching and going, not wanting to be pushy, but also wanting to have those, again, fun, comfortable conversations where like we say we're monogamish and we're open to a third, specifically a woman. So these are some of our current agreements is um, we're open to another woman in our dynamic. It's hard for me at this stage and and ever, you know, from this perspective of who I am right now to imagine another man in the mix. Um, I'm open to that conversation into like being open to that feeling okay and good. But as it currently stands, that's a no.
1: Can I ask? So what I I'd love to dig into that a little Please. bit. What comes up for you and why is this is like, <sighs> uh, this is something I hear a lot in my, in mm-hmm. my DMS and from my listeners. It's like, you know, one penis policy. <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah. What comes up for you?
0: So several things, um, I'll start with insecurity. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. What if what if she has an emotional connection, attraction, relationship with him starts to develop that compromises ours? So there's that, that fear, that scarcity. Um, also, like, I'm just going to go there. What if he has a bigger dick than me and knows how to use it better, so to speak? You know, there's that kind of thing uh, mm-hmm. where there's just sort of that that masculinity that's compromised in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, and so that's, there's, that's that side of it. Um, the other big component for me is I have, I love men. Like I, I love my bros as much as anybody, anybody who knows me well knows that I love my bros. And I have exactly zero chemical, physical, sexual, connection or you know attraction to men. So Kinsey scale, I'm a zero type of thing, you mm-hmm. know? And whereas Alexa, she is heteroflexible. You know, she is very much attracted to women. She's had at least one, maybe a couple casual relationships with women though, where she's like dated women. Um, so there's that to me, very important factor of that fluidity where she, Mm -hmm. we both have this common denominator. If we're looking at like a Venn diagram, you know, we're both attracted to women. So Mm -hmm. that's a spot where we can both play in. We're not both attracted to men. She is, I'm not. And so that's a very um, practical, you could say technical component in this as well. So those two kind of pieces are the biggest.
1: Okay. Thank you for sharing that because I think it's what's on every guy's mind. And um, I think it's brave to put words to it and for sharing your experience, because those are, you know, insecurities, getting really vulnerable. And I, I, what I want to highlight, and I love hearing you say, is you're always open to this conversation, um, because that in itself is like, right, like as I was saying earlier, we can go slow as long as we're sort of committed to the growth, because for you, not saying that you know, this is your relationship. So who knows, maybe it stays this way forever and it's beautiful. Um, but if it doesn't, and you do dip your toe and step into that, you know, how much growth will be there. Right. Mm -hmm. And I always remind people, it's not going to be pretty or feel good Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the beginning ever. Um, so thank you for sharing that because I think that's a lot of, for a lot of men, that is their reason. And, um, and it's okay, right. It's okay to start here. I, I just want to highlight that because a lot of people think, well, we can't do it if it's not equal. And it's like, no, everybody starts at a different place, right? And mm. this is, like you said, a great common denominator, a really good place to start um, the journey. So, okay, please continue.
0: So, yeah, that's that's those are some boundaries, some agreements that we're currently at. And so last summer, we started to put our money where our mouth is, so to speak, where I lovingly challenged Alexa to say, hey, you know we say we're this, but we're not really taking any inspired action in that direction, which is mm-hmm. okay. I'm, I'm not saying we have to do anything, but if we're sincere about it, what do we want to do? What does that look like? And so from that space, she, and, and we got to unpack some things that were coming up for her, some insecurities, some stories, things that just come up in the journey of living life and partnership. And especially with this element at play, and so we got on Field, the app Field, um, which mm-hmm. I know you're familiar with and I'm sure some listeners are. And it's like alternative relationships. Um, there's typically an openness factor. There's kink, BDSM. That's, that's the culture and vibe that's present on that dating app. It's cool because if you're in a relationship, you can link up your profile. So it's, it's all very open and very... Mm-hmm. <laughs> in a lot of ways, you know? And I yeah. like that there's no questions. We had a full profile. And again, you can like see that I'm married to her and it's just that clarity is there. And so we started to have conversations and we had the agreement. This was another thing that we worked through. A, a piece that's I think common and important to maybe highlight is at first, she really wanted to be the, the, the lead and the opener with a woman because she wanted to feel into their energy and mm-hmm. wanted to make sure that there is a purity so to speak there that there is a maturity a like there wasn't somebody who's was potentially going to come in with ulterior motives so that's part of it mm-hmm. and also Lex just she has a bit more of the the you could say closed dark discerning energy whereas I'm more mm-hmm. of the open playful yeah let's go come one come all and yeah. and so We had those discussions and then, but then we started to kind of recognize that if we're going into this thing, I'm going to be the one who's going to maintain the conversations and keep moving this thing forward because of my open energy. And so that was a shift that needed to take place because if she was going to be leading it, it just wasn't going to happen. At least, you know, there wouldn't be the consistent inspired action taken there.
1: Yeah. It was going to stop and it's tracks mm, a lot of the time. This is so similar to Pasha and I.
0: Really? That's fun. Yeah. yeah, the opener for sure. So I was doing the vetting and just keeping opening loops and conversations. And then I would sort of pass them on to her as I identified, oh, this this one seems cool. What do you think? And we went on a date with one woman here in Austin and we had very low expectations, Um, not like negative expectations, but it was like, oh, we're just going into this super open, unattached. There's some level of attraction there. But, you know, when we see her and I was connecting with her, it wasn't like, oh my God, we're really excited. It was more like, I don't want to say this is good enough, but it was like, this is a practice. We're just, we're Mm -hmm. going into this and just exploring and the date was good. And we also determined this was not somebody we wanted to see again, but it got us in that energy and having those conversations and moving in that direction and you know, showing the universe we're sincere, bring it on. We'll keep this going.
1: Cool. I love it. So you were able to see like, okay, this is great, but there aren't sparks here. Um, and yeah. so you ultimately made the decision to, I guess, like not settle, you know, and mm-hmm. nothing against that person.
0: I'm sure not they're a great
1: person, just like not the right fit for you. Again, really displaying that like discernment of okay, we have the rest of our lives. Like, let's make sure that all of our experiences are, you know, exactly what we want and are really high quality, feel like a good fit for us.
0: Yeah, so agree. And going beyond that, this is where it got a little crunchy for us. We came up against an edge. Now we're getting close to our wedding date, so we're, I guess, at this point, probably a couple, few months away. And I found in myself that I was I was coming up against this edge of fear, of, am I doing something wrong? I'm having these conversations without Alexa explicitly knowing. Like she knows that I'm the open one. We established that, that I'm vetting people. but I'm having multiple conversations with women that she doesn't know or know about or maybe like lightly knows about. And my energy is open, and I'm exploring this but it feels like she's not she's not really in it with me. And so there started to mm-hmm. feel like this disconnect. It was just, there was an incongruence there. And then I started to notice in this process too, I was, my integrity was starting to feel a little off. Um, and there was one situation in particular with a woman that I was, you could say, seducing myself, manipulating myself into thinking that I was, Approaching this in a way that we had agreed to, and this was okay. I, I was justifying when my deeper integrity was telling me, This is not right. This doesn't feel clean. You're not being like super forthright and sharing exactly what's going on. And it all kind of, you could say, blew up in a sense. And it perfectly poked at some of Alexa's wounds with a previous partner, where there was just some of that, you could say, dark, manipulative, lack of integrity energy. Now, mine was. So much subdued, but nonetheless, there was just for her a feeling of not safe, um, not trustworthy. Like those things were coming up, and so at that point, we we dug into that and we determined, you know what? And she really held the line for this boundary, and it, it felt good to me once I worked through my own shit. You know, uh, we are not going. To, we're going to close officially from here until the wedding, and um, indefinitely beyond to just be in that, to be in this Mm -hmm. commitment that we are making to one another and don't complicate it with any of this nonsense for now. That'll be there again, patience. It's no rush. Mm -hmm. And so I would say we're just coming to the other side of that, you know, not even six months after being married to where, things have settled in where we've having the renewed honeymoon phase where things are as hot as ever. She's been gone in Peru the past like 10 days and we've been doing oh, some yeah. world-class like texting, video, pictures. <laughs> it has been so fucking hot. I miss her. I like need her here now.
1: Yeah, <laughs> She comes back
0: tomorrow night, thank God. And so, okay. yeah, all that to say, I think we're kind of on the other side now of like things are starting to feel fun and open up again to where we're, we're open to exploring that in this new season.
1: Wow. That's so incredible. I love hearing when people actually close their relationship for a period of time because it just, uh, these relationships in general should be all about flexibility and seasons and flow. And um, it's such a great reminder that this is your relationship by design and you get to live it exactly as it's meant to be moment to moment. Um, so that you're always in alignment with what you're both feeling. Um, I love that so much. Thank you for sharing. Um, It's so important for people to hear because, you know, I think I do at least, and before I started this podcast, I would forget a lot that this is not normal. (laughs) This is Mm -hmm. not, well, it's a lot more normal than I think people realize. There's so many people practicing some version of, you know, non-monogamy, but um, for most people, this is the first time they're hearing anything like it and to know that you can change your mind. Um and and nothing should really be fixed ever. So well I'm excited for the two of you and sort of what what this will blossom into here in this next season. Um, I think it's really important to have a period of monogamy to create trust and to create that bond and really solidify your foundation. And it sounds like you guys you know in your dating probably had a lot of monogamy but really identified from early on as monogamish because it's like what you both stood for um so this has probably been a really beautiful year of just committed to each other and like you said not without the distractions or the messiness that comes in um because your foundation is extremely important i think if if you're going to have a primary partnership which is what we have too and not for everyone. I know there's a lot of you out there that are really big fans of relationship anarchy and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> primary partners uh, don't feel right. Um, but that's what works for for us. And sounds mm-hmm. like you guys are very much on the same page because, yeah, we, we want children and we're building this life. We're committed to each other. Um, and it doesn't mean that if someone else comes in, they're going to be treated as less or any differently. Um, but we also know that they're not committed to being with us on our deathbeds, right? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. we get to protect that, which is like this house and this foundation first and make sure that the other one you know, knows that they're a priority. And that's like what I'm hearing from you. It's like, okay, we are each other's number one priority. And as long as these external relationships that might become internal relationships, who knows, um, are adding and creating more beauty and more love, and we're adding to their lives, then it works. But the moment that it's drawing energy out of our container is when we know that something is kind of like crunchy, as you're Super saying. Super well
0: said. And and I'll just add a little something on there. A thruple, kind of like what... It sounds like you don't have maybe exactly a thruple because you have more of the relationship directly. Um, with just, Lauren was her name nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Lauren. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of I don't want to say a North Star, but that has been something that we've looked to and been like, we would love to have an awesome woman for a season, for indefinitely, for a night even, or like whatever it looks like, but we would love to have someone that we really love and get to know and establish some form of a intimate, longer-term relationship with. Um, I think that's something we're both very excited about and open to whenever it starts to present itself.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, um, you heard it here first. If anyone wants to apply to I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I, I can't tell you how magical the relationship is between the three of us. And I sort of always make that distinction because, um, being authentic to, you know, each of us to ourselves, uh, we realized, well, they realized Pasha and Lauren about a year in that their relationship felt almost more familial at times than romantic. And so they just naturally flowed into more... They've always had brother-sister energy. They're born on the same day, actually. Jordan, which is wild. Yeah, March 17th. Um, And so the two of them had known each other for years. And so they'll still be romantic from time to time, but it's almost like a label doesn't make sense because we have such a family vibe. I mean, she Mm -hmm. spends you know, half of her time here and lives right down the street and we're, we're very much a family. So I, I hope that for you guys, because it's, it's, you know, that a triangle is the strongest shape in uh-huh. geometry and mm-hmm. it really lends to each person getting all of their needs met, like almost all of the time, because we each sort of satisfy something different for each other, whether it's romantic or sexual or sensual or um, leadership styles, mentorship, comfort, you know, all of those things. And um, I, re- I really do hope that you guys find some version of it because it's been the hugest blessing and has brought the most love into, into our lives. And we kind of argue over like, who has it better? You know, (laughs) like, I, I have it better. I think you guys are confused. And Lauren's like, (laughs) I have it better. I think you guys are like completely confused. And then Pasha, of course, is like most men on the planet would agree that I have it the best. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But
1: it comes with a lot of, um, you know, communication it comes with a lot of those you know fun comfortable conversations and continually making sure checking in that everyone feels really good about where they are and you know um just being open right to as yeah. things evolve and shift and change so yeah wow this feels like a great place to sort of wrap up even though i feel like i could talk to you for another hour um mm-hmm. <laughs> i would seriously love to have you back too. Um, But do you have any, any last parting words or anything you want to share with the listeners?
0: I just, I'm a broken record with this quote that just feels so relevant in my life right now. It's Picasso. So a famous artist, Picasso, learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist. Mm. I think there's a lot of value in cultural norms and rules of society and understanding those and you could even say adhering to those for a season as long as it serves you and you learn them really well so that they're just kind of embodied they're unconscious competence so to speak and then picasso wouldn't have been the person he is if he didn't break those rules like a fucking artist Mm -hmm. and so i think that's where the individuality comes into play where um, i continue to tap into my internal compass, my integrity, because there's the outward integrity. Again, those rules are kind of very clear to some degree. I think there's great morality to all that, if you will. And then, okay, I get to now come to my own personal experience and determine, all right, where do I break these rules like an artist? Because I trust myself. I know myself best. And this is what I want. And that's not only okay, but it's good and right. And so playing that game for me is a really fun game that's just ever evolving and unfolding.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much for leaving us with that. Yes. Um, Jordan, where can people find you?
0: So Instagram is where I'm most active, at conscious.bro. And yeah, from there, you can find all the things, stuff I'm up to, men's groups, couple stuff, retreats, the like.
1: Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure and I can't wait to do it again.
0: Thank you for having me. This has been great.
1: That's a wrap you guys. And it was so much fun. Please don't forget to leave us a review on Apple. Tell us what you loved about the show and make sure you're following Open Late the podcast on Instagram.